drops. Morpheus is fighting Neo. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester. But as per usual, I am not alone. In fact, I am joined by by one other today. And that one other that I am joined by is the singular, the illustrious, the magnificent... Oh, I'm supposed to introduce myself. Hi, my name's Derek Smith, and I'm all those things he just said, and more, uh, which you will find out soon on this podcast. And you are the first one to really, you are the first one to really scoop it up after that introduction, and uh, and and give some give some juice to it. Thank you. I always liked uh, um, in the Fifth Element the, the mm-hmm. scene where Ruby Rod meets Bruce Willis's character the first time, and he keeps seeing you know, Ruby Rod's all big and. And boisterous, and he tosses the mic to Bruce Willis, and he's just like, uh, yeah. It's, I don't know why, but it's one of the funniest things in the world to me. Yes, that is a perfect film. <laughs> uh, we, are, we, are, we are doing the Hollywood Fishbowl. We're going to talk about a lot today. I think we're going to end up talking about movies. If, if, if the last three minutes of this conversation have been in any indication, we're going <laughs> to swing by uh, the world of, of cinematic adventures. We're going to get into wrestling. We're going to get into cereal. We're going to get into so many things. Is there anything you want to get into that I haven't listed quite yet? Uh, we'll just see where it goes. You know, we'll get into whatever we get into. Awesome. Before we get into any and all of that, we are going to do something that is called five in five, where I ask you five questions. Mm. Uh, you got one minute to answer each question. Five questions, five minutes, five and five. I don't think any further explanation is necessary. If it is, please tell me right now. Nah, I got it. Cool. Then uh, let's see. Yes, we've got our graphics up. We've got the audio coming through the headphones. Wow. Yeah, we're doing a big question number one. Where did you grow up, and how did that inform your adulthood? So I grew up in uh, rural North Carolina in a place called Alamance County. Uh, I didn't even really have a, a one-stoplight town. There was a town sort of somewhere, but nobody knows where it is. Point being, uh, it was extremely southern and extremely country, but at the same time, weirdly a good blend of, of cultures. You know, like the, people talk about a lot of racism in the South, and that's true. That, like, that does exist, but at the same time... You know, I grew up around people of a bunch of different ethnicities and they were all just trying to get by like everybody else. So I think in the end, that just kind of taught me that no matter who you are, we're all just trying to get by in life. That is, um, yes, there is racism in America. There is definite racism in the South. That said, when you get in with those mountain parties, like once, once you're <laughs> in, it is more fun than anything else in the world. Yeah. All right, that was one question in one minute. You ready for one, question one down. number two? You're doing fine. Oh, sweet. Question number two. What is the must-engage media, the movie, the television show, the album, the book that unlocked your brain to the secrets of the universe? Oh, geez, Louise. Uh, I don't know for sure, honestly. I would say it was either the Blues Brothers, uh... The, the original movie that they did, uh, probably Godzilla movies for sure. I watched a lot of those growing up, and probably the band Guar, to to a certain degree. I mean, they weren't they were founded not too far where I'm from, and they are performance art to a T. So, and I like uh, over the top performance art. Did Green Jello hit your radar at all? <clears throat> like the not till later. Like I don't think I really knew much about Green Jello until I was in college. 
Um, I always feel like the kind of like the the budget friendly Guar. Yeah. That, yeah. That came and went much quicker than Guar. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be Guar in a way. Yeah. And just so you know, when when you talk about Blues Brothers, that's like um, uh, we'll we'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three: What is the greatest source of joy in your life? Uh, well, uh, it's probably my girlfriend Brandy. Uh, I got two dogs and three cats. They're all right when they're not shitting and pissing all over the entire fucking house. Uh, marijuana, I like that a lot. Um, ice cream, I, don't, I like working. Honestly, like I don't like going going to work, but like you know when you work on your own stuff, there's a certain sense of satisfaction and joy in it. I think so. Yeah. All right, just to read that list back so we know where your priorities are in what order. <laughs> your girlfriend, yeah. your pets, yeah. weed, ice cream, work. Yeah, yeah. Coming in a, a, a tight sixth place yeah. on that list. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got a little extra time. I'm going to leave it there, and I'm going to mention that uh, with Blues Brothers, that's like when people say, I'm going to Korea for, for a week. You don't have to ask north or south. Yeah. With Blues Brothers, you don't have to ask which, it, which, they, which they know, film it yeah. is. Another cover of Rise in the Storm is okay. Question number four: What gets under your skin? Uh, people who honk at you in traffic really gets to me. Like, it really, <laughs> uh, it really tears me up. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, kind of blatant stupidity. Like, you remember when everyone crowdfunded one of the the Kardashians to be the youngest billionaire, and they all just gave her a bunch of money. Wait, did that happen? Yeah, that happened. That really got under my skin, too, because, like, what the hell, man? There, yep, there's one America, and, I, and we do it real America in this country. Yeah, I, I would say not having universal health care gets under my skin. I don't know. That one I don't even understand. I mean, how we don't have it. Not that, <laughs> yeah, that it gets under yeah. your skin. Like, I know it's not perfect in, like, Canada and, and England, but, you know, if I have to choose between shitty health care I have to pay for and shitty health care that I don't have to pay for... At least as blatantly, I'll I'll choose the second. You know, I just don't want to pay for things. Fair enough. <laughs> is this the last one? Maybe. Yes. Question five: uh, What is the best advice you've received, and what is the best advice you want to put out into the universe that comes from your heart and or brain? Hmm. The best advice I ever received. That's an interesting question. Um, I'm trying to think if I've ever gotten any really like sage advice from anyone. Um, and we can skip that and go right to what what would you like? Oh, okay. I, I don't I don't really have any like advice somebody gave me, but my advice to to everyone out there in, in Radio Land is that uh, life is meaningless. There is no destiny. Uh, so just do what you want to do because that's very freeing and and very fulfilling. You are your own destiny. So. Yeah, don't don't be searching for for a meaning to life. Make up your own meaning to life. Awesome, uh, appropriately bleak for this program. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, like it, it, that. If you want there to be meaning in life, that feels really bleak and and uh, nihilistic. But if you actually believe it, it's kind of not at all bleak or nihilistic. It's just what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think it's bleak. I, I honestly think it's very is a very freeing thing. You know, you you don't have to be what your family tells you to be. You don't have to be what society tells you to be. You can just do what you want. And I'm not saying it's not hard, but like a lot of people. And, and this has kind of been always one of my biggest fears is I, <clears throat> a lot of people 
just go through life. You know, they go, they get up, they go to work, they go home, they watch TV. And I'm not saying I don't do that too, but like for some people, that's all there is. And I think that sucks. And some people are happy that way. And I, I get that, but I, I just can't, you know, like, uh, you, you, you know, you only get like one life supposedly depending on what you believe. And so why not try to make something of it? I don't want to go to work every day and that that's it. And then one day I retire and I die because I don't have purpose anymore. Like, so how are you staying afloat then? Well, I mean, I have a gig, but like, you know, I sell pot. I don't have a real job, dude. <laughs> like I work at a dispensary. It's, <laughs> okay. So it's above the table. Yeah, it's above the table, but like, it's not, it's not like, you know, I don't, I don't work for an insurance company and have to sit yeah. in a cubicle. I don't, you know, and generally, you know, when I want to take days off to do other stuff, it's not a problem. I got a question. I had a friend back in college who worked at Blockbuster, and she said that they would send you home with as many videos as you wanted whenever you wanted so that you would know what you were renting out to people. Mm. Is it the same thing at dispensaries? Are you, like, is that is that encouraged that you have an understanding of the different textures and tastes of the products that you've got on, on display? Yeah, it is. I mean, the, the problem with marijuana in a way is that... Um, so there's like a lot of information out there that's not true. And there's a lot of information that is true. It's been illegal for so long that they haven't studied it as much as they should when you really think about how long it's been around for. But yeah, you, you, it's hard to, you know, give it to people when they ask for a specific thing, if you don't know how it works. Yeah. So the other problem with marijuana too, is it's subjective generally. Like the effects of it on me aren't necessarily going to be the same as the effects on you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but they encourage us to, we're kind of like sommeliers now <laughs> where it's just like, Oh yes, this varietal uh, was uh, raised in Northern California and it'll produce a grape floral aroma. It's like that kind of shit. So man. what are you, are you selling, I, I I know very little about about mm. weed culture in LA, so these might sound like um you know remedial questions about about it. But are you selling like physical bud? Or are you selling oils, or is all it all of, of that? All of it. Like, yeah. what are you into? I prefer good old fashioned weed, like mom used to grow. Okay, so, uh, it's still my favorite. And can you break down the difference between the sativas and the indicas? What's what are those two guys? So really, like. Uh, what that used to refer to was kind of where they were grown. Mm-hmm. Um, Indicas, I believe, are traditionally from like uh, the Himalayan kind of areas, uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, India, uh, Nepal. It's uh, another country there that I'm not remembering. But they're generally from that region of the world. <clears throat> Sativas, I think they also used to call them land race strains or more like, uh, I think, out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nowadays they classify it as everything's a hybrid now. Everybody's just yeah. taking two things and trying to cram them together and produce the next coolest thing. So now they cra- classify indica and sativa based on how it makes you feel. Indicas traditionally make you feel sleepier. Mm-hmm. You know, sativas generally make you feel more energetic. So, and which one are you? Which which way do you lean? Uh, all of it. I mean, I guess I prefer. <laughs> okay. I, I guess do, I prefer. I'm not trying to pigeonhole you. It's very clear yeah, you like I weed. I want to put labels on me, man. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to stay out of the box. But no, yeah, I tend to. I like India because they calm me down. Okay. So. Well, let's let's take it back to North Carolina <laughs> and growing up there, and we'll get we'll get back to California and we'll get into wrestling. But what was what was the what was the the what was the North Carolina childhood? 
Uh, it was fine. Uh, I wasn't from there originally. I was I was born in New Jersey, and we moved down there when I was like four. Okay. You have any um, memories from New Jersey? A few. I remember deer. We had like a, a house <laughs> and um, kind of next to like a little mountain, and the deer would always come down to the yard. But that's about all I remember of it. We had an orange cat. That's about it. Uh, and then we moved down south. Um, for uh, my dad was in like uh, construction, carpentry, that kind mm-hmm. of shit, and it's cheaper to do that in North Carolina than it is New Jersey. So we moved down there, and um, growing up was f- interesting. I don't think I had the most traditional Southern. Uh, childhood, like I lived out in the sticks, but like my parents sent me to Catholic school for like eight years. So. Did any of that, like, as as a as not a nihilist, but as a non a professional non believer, <laughs> uh, do you co- would you go ag- agnostic or atheist if we had to put a label? Knowing that you don't like labels, we've already established that. Where would you? Uh, <sighs> anyway, did any of the Catholicism stick when you were a kid? Like, did it did it register as true to you? Did, oh, did you fall for that gambit? Only the guilt parts, you know, where you feel guilty about like wanting to have sex and yeah. doing things and stuff like that. Um, but the rest of it, not so much. I mean, I'm not saying that people shouldn't believe in something. If it makes you feel better, it makes you feel better. But like, you know, <clears throat> my issue with religion isn't so much the, uh, the religion itself. It's just, it's more so what the people have made it into. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, Christianity has become, the opposite of what it's supposed to be. So, well, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, uh well, to, let's, to let's answer your question, I'm going to, I'm going to industrial say, Christianity is <laughs> not in the, in the cut no, of Jesus Christ, no, but there are individualistic Christianity still manifests in yeah. a, in a positive way. I do believe. Yeah. And, and I think if, if you, if you're the type of person that, you know, believes in that stuff and, but you, you try to actually be a good person and good on you. I, mm-hmm. I have no judgments one way or the other. Good for you. And you know, they'd say that people that have something to believe in actually makes them happier. So I think it's good if you have something to believe in. Well, they also say that like, if, if you give an old person a cat or a dog, they'll live longer. So yeah, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, yeah. The, the secret to immortality, everybody, is, is purpose. purpose. It's purpose that binds us, purpose that drives us, purpose that unites us. It's been so long since we got a second Matrix quote into an episode. <laughs> um, so, so does the Catholic thing go through high school, or do you, do you, get a, do you find an out before uh, you graduate? No, in, when I, uh, so the school I went to, they only did like kindergarten through eighth grade. And uh, mm-hmm. so when eighth grade came and went, I had to go to public school, which I was not really prepared for. Is anyone though? No, I don't think they shouldn't be, you know, it's more of a trial by fire. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I adjusted it, but it was definitely different for a while. Plus like, uh, so, you know, schools in North Carolina, it's probably the same everywhere, but what school you go to is determined by where you live in the County. Mm -hmm. And so everyone that I grew up with and went to school with, actually lived in town. So they went to a different high school and then I lived outside of town. So I went to a high school where I didn't know anybody. And so I'm now trying to make friends as a freshman in high school with people that have known each other since kindergarten. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like I might as well have moved to a different town. Do you find your place or? <laughs> yeah. Like find, what, everyone what, finds what their What is place. it? Where, where do you, where do you land? Uh, I mean, I was a big kid, so I played football Okay, and uh, you know, I didn't really like, I'm a little more shy than I feel like 
uh, a lot of people are. So like it took like I was good at football, so they yeah, they liked yeah, yeah. me because of that. But as far as like what my actual interests were and stuff like that, I didn't have a lot of friends in that regard. And I met friends like that outside of yeah, you know, just being in school long enough. So so then you graduate. Are you are you itching to get out of North Carolina? Are you? Oh yeah, I'm itching to get out of anywhere. And I've do what? <laughs> Uh, well, I, you know, believe the, the, the scam that we were supposed to go to college. So I went to college for four years and, um, you, I, I get the sense that you're disillusioned. Yeah, it might be true. <laughs> in, in various areas of life. I mean, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, in a, in a way, I, I mean, I don't know for me, it's like, how could you not be if you yeah. look at the state of the world, but at the same time, you know, I don't want to be too much of a complainer. You know? I can, I can pinpoint the moment where I was defeated um with with like the disillusion set in and set in hard it was growing up they always said like the one thing in america that you get that you're guaranteed is a fair trial (laughs) and then the the patriot act made it that if the accusations were terrorism there was no longer a a a legal requisite for a a trial with a jury you were just guilty if somebody said you were guilty in the government and that was That was the end of the dream for me. That was when the world, that was like, there's, there's no Santa Claus. That was it. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying that I'm negative about everything, but there's, there's a lot of things that I feel like we should all really take a look at and probably Mm -hmm. change as far as our society's. What are your top three? Like, what do you, what do you see that could (laughs) possibly, well, there's, there's two questions in there. What would you like to see fixed? And what do you think is possible to fix knowing how, how grindy the gears are in this country at this point? Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's a tough one. I think, I think the healthcare thing will be fixed sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. I think, I think as people are starting to get, you know, it's a certain uh, portion of the population starting to get older and realizing that they don't have the money to go to the doctor every fucking day. And then, you know, like our generation, I'm going to assume we're like the same age Mm -hmm. and the younger generation are kind of like, what the fuck I I got? Like, you remember breaking bad? Uh, I haven't seen more than a, more than a scene or two. Do you remember the the general premise of of he, he gets cancer and and turns to cooking, turns to cooking to pay for it. Like that, you know, I mean the cooking meth part or whatever is probably fantasy, but that the rest of it's pretty spot on. Yeah. Like yeah, the, dude, yeah. the dude just got cancer. You know, he didn't ask for cancer. It just fucking happened. And, and he didn't, he can't just go to the doctor and get it fixed. You know? <laughs> well, there's, I think back to like, uh, uh, the, the, this is going to be, this is going to be a bit of a leap, but bear with me <laughs> as we, as we ring it back, rope it back in. Um, the, the AIDS crisis. Hmm. Um, and I think yep. about how, a lot of that, the government got away with a lot of death and ignoring a lot of suffering because so many people were in the closet. And as more gay people came out of the closet, more people realized, like, this is, this is the person, the cubicle across the way from me. This is my mm-hmm. cousin. This is, like, this mm-hmm. isn't a fringe problem that's a million miles away in the dirty sections of New York City. Yep. Uh, the, this is a contingent of society that's everywhere, and it's, it's, we are all responsible for each other. As people continue to get cancer and continue to get sick and realize like that's not them over there that's being royally fucked by this healthcare thing this is me this is my neighbor yeah. this is the guy across the table from me yeah once it one it, it always takes that that kind of exposure yep. to to bring bring the empathy around if if it, it were not for a, a certain set of circumstances that could be me you mm-hmm. know? like people people wonder how when you hear on the news you know 
200 people died uh, in like India or something, mm-hmm. you know, like we can't, it didn't happen right in front of us. So we don't really, oh, yeah. our, our human brains have a way of just turning that off. We're like, you don't have whatever. to go as far as India. You just have to go to a school shooting that is a state over yeah, and exactly. people are like, that's their problem. Not my problem. Exactly. We're getting to the critical mass where there has been a school shooting in every state. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes every ca- uh, County. Then it becomes yep. every city. Um, and, and it's only a matter of time before it affects everybody's life and it's yep. not them. It's, it's all of us. I think we, like, that's the, that's the biggest problem with, with, uh, American culture specifically is, uh, if it's not happening to me, it's not my problem. And I think that's, what's caused a lot of the circumstances we're in. Like, yes. I think a lot of the, 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 uh, disparity about wealth and, and just the fact that P for everybody has it hard. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like white people have it hard. Black people have it hard. Uh, immigrants coming up from Mexico have it hard. Um, I mean, this might sound weird to say, but that shitty white supremacist guy, he has it hard too. Nobody becomes a white supremacist because they're comfortable in, in the majority of aspects of their lives. Yeah. That's just not how it works. Yeah. Everyone's got it hard, but for whatever reason, instead of us coming together and, trying to solve those problems, we have decided that it's better to just blame somebody else. I don't think we've decided. I think that's a carefully curated message that comes from (laughs) the top down. I think you're right. You know, I I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I do think the wealthy uh, aim to divide us. I don't Uh, think here's, here's the reason I don't call it a conspiracy theory is is, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. When his messaging was about racial unity, he was alive. When his messaging was about how uh, the poor must unite together regardless of race, he was dead dead almost instantly. Instantly, yeah. So you can call it a conspiracy theory or you can call it careful uh, careful behavioral (laughs) control from the top down. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, you're getting me true. all fired up. Something, you're very yeah. mellow, and I'm still very worked up over it's, here. It's the pot. <laughs> How'd you do I, that? I, I smoke weed. And that's usually how I keep it. <laughs> keep it so low key. Were you were you like one of those? Uh, not, not to marginalize you, but were you one of those like zippy ADD kids growing up who was like bouncing around from thing to thing? Uh, no, not really. I think more so for me, it's like um, social anxiety. And I just don't, uh, I don't, um, you know, you go out to a party, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you try I've to, heard of such things. Yeah, I haven't yeah, done it yet. Yeah, but. Yeah. And you try to like talk to people and mm-hmm. there's this thing called small talk, you know, I'm just not good at it. You know, I, I don't know what to really say. And, and mostly anything I can think of to say is like, Hey man, so do you like toast? Two, yeah, which is, yeah, a, yeah. is an old Mitch Hedberg joke, but it, it always kind of spoke to me because, like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Do you want to talk about uh, Voltron or something? Because, like, I, I don't have, I don't have anything else that I really, I don't, you know, I don't, I try not to. I mean, I use social media, but I hate it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I don't like to watch. <clears throat> I don't like to watch the news or anything because I think it's intentionally depressing. Yeah, well, you know, so it's like I'm I'm running low on things to talk about. I can talk about comic books and I can talk about old wrestling and I can talk about conspiracy theories. But most people don't want to talk about that. So, uh in an effort to try to calm myself down and make it and I don't even think it, it was to make it easier for me to relate to other people, but make it so I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I just yeah, that's why I smoke weed to do that. 
Now, are you like a twenty four seven guy? Do you take breaks intermittently? Oh man, it's if I'm if it's in the morning, you know, wake and bake, rise and shine. Um, <laughs> and at night, it's the same thing, but the opposite. So yeah, I'd say it's pretty twenty four seven. The takeaway is that you love weed. I love weed. Smoke weed every day. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I mean, I'm not saying like. I'm not saying like if somebody said to me, hey, man, you know, we you have this incredible opportunity. Uh, WWE's come calling and mm-hmm. uh, they want mm-hmm. you to wrestle for them, uh, but you can't smoke weed anymore. I'm probably going to I'll quit weed as well. I can do that. I'm not the type of person that thinks it's more important than actual life, but I think it helps. Well, OK. As uh, th- there are certain types of brains that mix normally with weed. Some that don't mix well, and Absolutely. some that mix phenomenally well with yeah. weed. Yeah, yeah. I was born with one of those brains that doesn't really mix yeah. well. Like I just yep. don't. I don't dig it. I don't doesn't enjoy work it for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like as what you know. As much as I don't enjoy it, you do. I love it. So, yeah, it's just what it is. <laughs> like why? It's not. It's not something that needs to be defended or explained. Nope. It's just how we're how we're it's, wired. It's just humans being. Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. I'm not going to say, you know, a lot of people will go out there and say it's the cure all for everything. And I'm not, it's, it's not, you know, nothing is, um, Mm -hmm. but if it helps you, I think it's, it's healthier than doing a bunch of pills. Um, I think it's, see now pills speak to me. Well, there you go. (laughs) They speak to a lot of people. Uh, but like, you know, that, what do they call it now? The opioid crisis. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the, the most dismissive pivot to, to the opioid crisis possible. Yeah. You, yeah. Could, you could just smoke weed. Yes. Uh, it works a little differently than your normal analgesic, but uh, yeah, I, you know, the, I think those, a lot of those pills are out your brain. So how'd you find wrestling? Like you, you do the, you do the football thing. You go to college. Yeah. What do you go to college for? Oh, uh, was it relevant or was it just some it, bullshit? Some bullshit. It went, it was I philosophy. Went, it went for nonsense things. I, I, it was, um, mass media is what I went to that's school. Not a, for. That's like, it's, I mean, sure. It also work in mass. It, mass al- media. it also means nothing too. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but essentially yeah, I went, I went to school for mass media and I, um, I got a job, I got an internship actually at the, the local TV station near where I went to school. Mm-hmm. And I, I was in it to try to learn production stuff. You know, I, that stuff interested me more at the time. And um, so I went to school for that. But by the time I was a senior in college, I already had a job at that same place. So I basically had a job in my major before I graduated school. And I, by the time I was graduating school, I already realized that I fucking hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was okay. Did you get your diploma? Or did you just, I got my diploma. Okay. Um, my parents claim to uh, credit the girl I was dating at the time for getting me to graduate college because I probably might not have. Uh, I don't know how accurate that is, but I feel like I got a better grade in statistics because of her. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, but I, I already didn't really love the field I was studying for. And um, anyway, I ended up <clears throat> going to live in China for a little while. And How'd went, that come about? Uh, basically, as I was getting ready to graduate, um, the girl I was dating at the time, she was going to go to grad school. And was like, we should, uh, 
we should move back to. Uh, she was going to go to UNC, which is in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I lived in uh, Winston Salem for oh, four years. Oh, word. So, so we're I'm, not far from yeah, the same yeah. place. Then, as far as a point in our lives goes, but um, she wanted to move back and do that, and she's like, "You can, you know, we could like live with your parents for a little bit till we find our own place, and you can we'll get a job at whatever TV studios out there." And I think she was also like, "And maybe we can get like engaged." And I was like, ah, "I don't want to do any of that." <laughs> Like I didn't, I didn't want to do any of that. How'd that go over? Was that great? It went over. It went over great. (laughs) She was very, she was very understanding of me completely dismissing her entire life plan. uh, Just outright, (laughs) you know, so the relationship ended basically there. Uh, I'm not going to say like, I didn't like try to get her back or anything, but Mm -hmm. even, (laughs) even I knew as I was trying to do that, I was like, you know what? I don't really want to do this. I'm going to go live in China. Uh, So basically we had a professor that was like, they were just getting ready to start like a study abroad program where I went. She's like, well, you can't do that because you're graduating, but they do have this thing through this other school where you can go teach English. So I went on the old teach English to the oh, Chinese yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. which That's really, I didn't really teach them much English. They have English classes every day. <laughs> what they were more so looking for was um, people. We were entertainers in a way like clowns. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've done English teaching in Japan. Yeah, so you know, I, I know the drill. Yeah, you're just there to so they can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, as far as the Chinese government was concerned, I had a little book that said uh, uh, "English teacher and American culture expert." So that you are, and I am. I'm a I'm an expert on American culture, guys. As according to the Chinese government, Pop and <laughs> otherwise. So and then, yeah, you can't talk about that there. They were, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very anti-drugs because of the whole uh, oh pop culture, wars. not pod culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, I, so I spent some time there, and I came back in like '09, uh, and that was when the uh, I think they call it now the Great Recession mm-hmm. was taking place. So there's like no jobs, and there's nothing to do. I got a job at uh, Pier One Imports, and I remember the interview. They're like, how on a scale of one to five how much do you like interior decorating? And I wrote six <laughs> um, and they hired me. Um, but like around that same time, there was this uh, school, uh, it, was a, it was a wrestling school in. Uh, I always think questions are that like that are the real question is like, how much are you willing to put up with bullshit yeah. in this place? And, and if you can yep. take the question seriously, yep. then you pass the test. <laughs> it's, it's essentially it. Because yeah. they know it's bullshit. Yeah. They know it's complete, complete, utter horse shit. They don't give a fuck. Nobody loves interior decorating that much. They, some people enjoy it, but they're not like waking up in the morning and be like, all right, let's see. Especially working at a, a, a department store you're not actually doing yeah anything. yeah yeah it's like saying i work in movies but you work at a, a movie <laughs> which i also did at one point in my life oh hell but, yeah who 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 didn't uh but yeah question were you at a discount theater or like an amc uh it was i guess it was a it, hmm and don't worry, I'm not going to be gatekeeping. Yeah, yeah, it was a discount f- cinema. It, it was a first run theater. Oh, I don't okay. think it was, but I don't think it was affiliate. It, it did eventually become affiliated with somebody, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't at first. I, if I remember, I was like, I, I worked my way up from concession guy to projectionist. And you, you were great. doing film threading, or were you digital? No, yeah, they still had. They used to do um, like kid shows there where they'd bring in the local poor kids to all watch a movie. You could, uh-huh. They could watch an old movie. Uh, for like four bucks or something. Yeah, yeah They yeah. got like free snacks. It was a, it was pretty cool. Little kids smell like ass though, which is the problem. In the and that's before they throw up. Yeah, that's true. But they would give you like uh, 
they would run like four theaters, but they would only give you like one print of like Indiana Jones three or something. So mm-hmm. you had to like thread it through four projectors. Just one piece of this one. Wait, reel. are you kidding? So yeah. you'd have the film like looped yep. from projector yep. to projector and yeah. each one would start like five minutes after the yes. previous one. Yep. That's exactly what they did. Yeah, it was great. And, and if it fucked up, boy, did it fuck up hard. Oh, yeah. Because you're fucking up four. Now you have four theaters yeah. full of yep. low income children. <laughs> they're just pissed. Yep. Yeah. They're throwing their lemon heads everywhere. And yeah, no. And so like, yeah, you, it was a sight to behold seeing you stretch this this one reel of film through more projectors but good times uh that's, well, that's where i learned how to handle stress and um, uh, you know like i'm happy for quentin tarantino that he can campaign for for shooting <clears throat> on film and projecting on film so adamantly but the reality is yeah. it's a bullshit format <laughs> that's impossible to, to negotiate with. <clears throat> yeah i'm kind of looking i saw the trailer for his new movie uh, and the trailer literally tells you nothing about what it's about, which knowing Quentin Tarantino, it's probably about nothing, mm-hmm. but it sure does look entertaining. It looks like a good time, yeah. which is, uh, which is more than I could say about his last two outings. Boom. Shots fired on the what fishbowl. What was the baby. last one? Uh, the one where they were in that cabin. Oh, the hateful eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That one. I, I was like, all right, that's, this is enough. And then the one before that the, was, was the slave one. Django, Django. unchained. I didn't, one? I didn't hate it, but, yeah. Well, it was the thing about Django is it came out right after Inglorious Bastards, which was like the highest high I've had uh, from a Tarantino film. That was so much fun see, from start to see, finish. See, that one's my least favorite one. Wait, what? Yeah, what, I, what I didn't, didn't like it. What didn't work for you on that one? I don't know. I mean, Are you like a Jackie Brown guy or what? No, I mean, I liked I liked Kill, the Kill Bill ones. Mm-hmm. I liked um, <sighs> Reservoir Dogs is okay. Um trying to think of which one which one well, the ones that i really like i like jackie brown um uh death proof death uh, death proof was is all right does death proof count as one of the 10 or is that an extracurricular activity i can never get that i think straight. it's an extra one because isn't okay. he this is number this is nine. nine we got one left yeah but and that's supposed to be the star trek one right Wait, what? Yeah. He's he doing a Star Trek suppose, film for his 10th film? Supposedly, yeah. He really wants to do Star Trek. Oh, okay. Does Star Trek really want him to do it? Because that's the deciding factor. <sighs> we hope, all really I, want to direct a Star I Trek I movie. I hope so, because <laughs> uh, uh, that would be great. I think it would be very, very fascinating. I think it would be fascinating to see. I think I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a come out swinging for Jackie Brown. Yeah. Because I think that I like film is, is, is wildly ignored and amazing. Yeah, yeah, Jackie Brown's underrated. Uh, uh, there's one I'm, I'm, I I liked Pulp Fiction. I still like Pulp Fiction. I think Pulp Fiction is good, but it's like so glossy and yeah. Like what I like about Jackie Brown is that it feels like it's the scuzziest film. Yeah, like that actually feels like a pulp novel. Pulp Fiction yeah. feels like a high gloss, super yeah. fun Hollywood film. It does. I'm trying to. There's definitely. I feel like there's one I'm missing. What are we missing? Let's do them in order. Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction. Fiction. No, uh, Jackie Brown. I don't yeah, know which yeah. one, what the order of those three. Two and three. What's what's after those two? Is it right to kill Bill then? <sighs> I feel like, I feel like it's there's not. something in there. I feel like there's something in between. And I feel like this is going to get deleted from the broadcast. Yeah, because we're just sitting here <laughs> trying to figure it out. Uh, we have phones. We could just look. Ah, fuck it. Who cares? Man, if we don't know, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, it's, it's not, not. It's not worth seeing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, so where were we? We were getting to oh, your to graduation wrestling. and getting to wrestling. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I uh, moved back to my hometown, had a shitty job, and I saw uh, advertisements for um, 
uh, wrestling school. I started watching wrestling again. I watched wrestling growing up, and then I quit uh, at some point. WWE kid? WWF WCW, kid? actually. Okay. Well, well, I, was, I was in the South. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we didn't have cables, so TBS and TNT were easy to get on a satellite. Who were your guys? Uh, Sting. I was, I was, a, I was a big uh, little stinger. Um, I liked Goldberg, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's kind of like the WCW version of the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, just without the promos. Uh, and then like, I like Ric Flair, you know, I, I liked yeah, all, yeah. I liked all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but sting probably was like my favorite one. So, so you, you get into it through school or uh, kind of like backyard I think, mischief. Oh, like actual wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really do a lot of backyard wrestling. I mean, I had some friends that were into it, but, uh, my mom didn't like me hanging out with them. So I don't think I hung out with them that much. Uh, so I was just, I just enjoyed watching it for a long mm-hmm. time. And then when I, uh, came back from China, I found a, a place not too far from my house or well, my parents' house that was doing wrestling training. So I hit them up and they were like, yeah, it's, uh, it wasn't too expensive, which was nice. Mm-hmm. So I was like, word. So I started going down there and, um, it was called, um, what was it called? Uh, CWF mid Atlantic. I think they still do stuff out there. Uh, what was the C? I'm guessing wrestling federation, uh, championship wrestling. F- I don't know. Something like okay. that. Whatever. It was. Or was it CWA mid Atlantic? I think it was, it was one of those two. Anyway, C- something, some CW and then something and then mid Atlantic. And, uh, uh, it's in, you know, the kind of Gibsonville area. If anyone really cares. Uh, but like, um, started learning wrestling from them. You know, back in like oh nine. So, so you coming up with gimmicks at this at this point, or is it mostly just you as you? Um, you know, I think I was always trying to come up with gimmicks. Uh, I, I like gimmicks better. I like the mm-hmm. performance art of wrestling better than the um, physical aspect of wrestling because I, I I really like that AD shit. You know, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The, the larger than I think that's what people remember more. Well, that's know? kind of what I like about wrestling. Pro wrestling is is, is it is like superheroes and otherworldly creatures who are wrestling dumb shit. Yeah. And now we're like the, the WWE now is just, it's even the characters are people. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're all kind of the same too. You know, everyone's kind of the same guy, um, guy with, uh, stringy wet hair and a, and a beard yeah, yeah. or, or a bald dude with a beard. And, and, you know, I think they're just all kind of the same. Not like you, a, a, a bald dude with a goatee. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like, carving out a... I have the patch missing, so it's more of a Fu Manchu, you see. What are your... What are your I, I always like the way Fu Manchu rhymes well with uh, Blue Man Group, <laughs> and I'm not sure how to use that yet, but someday, you just wait. It's coming. It's, it's going to be the Blue Man Group with Fu Manchus. Uh, so what are, your, what are your early gimmicks? Like, what are you doing? Um, what are some of the characters you're cooking uh, up? They, they want me... They had this guy down there named uh the mecca mercenary and um i guess i had a it I had, is neck and neck i spent a lot of time in the burlesque world yeah and they've got some awesome stage yeah. names and wrestling has some awesome yes. stage names i don't know who has the best stage names but i'm keeping a close eye on it <laughs> i know right it's pretty it's pretty like wrestling has really good stage names and really good industry terms yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no the vocabulary yeah. in wrestling is so much fun to learn yeah it's fascinating uh, anyway, so what was this fellow's name? Mecha Wrecker? The Mecha Mercenary. Mecha Mercenary. And he was supposed to be like part robot, part... Uh, of course he was. Big, big, big old dude. And um, 
there we I had like a he has like a or at the time he had like a kind of red uh, goatee thing that stuck out the bottom of his beard and at the same and at that point in my life I had something similar kind of like um uh like the dude from Anthrax mm-hmm. you know has that like just that the beard that's like right here mm-hmm. so I had one too and my facial hair grows in red it's like hey you guys kind of look alike what if you're like uh you want to be like the mecha mercenary too, or some shit like that. So that was kind of like the first one. I feel like I started trying to think of and how that would work. Um, and I, all I could think of was like Ultraman. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was trying to see if there was like an Ultraman thing that I could get, but uh, I really didn't get to wrestle for them. Uh, I think I had like one thing as the uh, Canadian mercenary number three, which was like their jobber gimmick. But um Really, right before I started doing shows with them, I ended up moving out to uh, L.A. So, what what led you to L.A.? What was the impetus? Um, boredom, probably. I don't know. I, I would I would say my my one of my biggest uh, fears in life is there's a lot of people out there that always say you know the, 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 they always talk about how they're going to do this or they're going to do that and they never do it. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy. So if yeah, I talk yeah, about yeah. doing something, I'm, I'm going to fucking do it. And, uh, so a friend of mine, uh, that I worked with who lives in LA now, he's like, Hey, I'm thinking about moving out in LA and I think I can get this job, uh, at some production house, uh, but it's expensive. Would you want to come move out with me? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. You know, I I would say that, uh, or, or what I told my parents or whatever was like, Oh, I'm going to get into production stuff out there. I got this whole plan. I, I didn't have a plan. I just thought it sounded cool. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. like most people who end up here, um, but, uh, saved my money and not nearly enough of it. <laughs> are, you, are your parents Catholic? Are they practicing? Uh, I mean, did they grow out of that or they were kind, they trying to fix what they didn't do right with? Uh, with? They kind of are, but I would say they're like lazy Catholics. Like they'll okay. go to church, but Dude, it's hard to be an active Catholic. Like yeah. a, that's one of the ones that, that requires a lot of the user. Yeah. And, and, and then there's all like the negative aspects of it too, mm-hmm. that you're just kind of like, I don't know if I want to be associated with these people, but I mean, they go to church, but I think they, they go to church the times that they do for something to do more so than for religious reasons. And it's yeah. not like we were a big praying family. I mean, every so often mom would catch a wild hair and be like, Hey, why don't we uh, pray before this? Is how my mom sounds, by the way, it's <laughs> <laughs> a very deep smoker's voice. Uh, <laughs> Two cigars a day. And yeah, a bottle mom, of whiskey. mom liked her uh, clothes. Uh, not really. Uh, love you, mom. Uh, she's not gonna listen to us. That's <laughs> um, but she would always try to every so often. She'd be like, you know, let's pray over this meal, and we'd all kind of be like, why? And she'd mm-hmm. be like, all right, you're right, fuck it. Uh, but she would insist that like Christmas or yeah, 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 uh, yeah. One time, I think for Easter, they took us to like the Easter vigil mass, not realizing that it's like six hours long, and then we yep. never did that again. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and, it, and it's at like midnight, so they were like, nah, we're not doing this ever again. <laughs> The, the Catholic user experience is a demanding yeah, one. It's not, it, it's not a, a passive yep. activity. And, and like, if you've ever been to Catholic church, you know, you got to stand, you got to sit, you got to yep. kneel, you got to stand. It's hard on yep, the knees. Yep, yep, you know? yep, yep. And then there's all that Latin shit going yeah, on. Yeah, and I don't speak that stuff. Did you know, did you know that that's where, um, I think it's abracadabra comes from. Wait, is Latin or yes. Catholicism? Both. So back What's in like the- medieval times, church would mass would be in Latin 
Yeah. But they wouldn't teach Latin to the peasants because you have to separate the classes. So the peasants couldn't speak Latin. And mm-hmm. there would be one part in the mass, I think it's where they're it's the it's the Eucharist part where they turn so this is this is what Catholics oh, literally they turn believe. Water into wine. They turn the water and they turn no, they turn wine, wine into and holy bread wine. into the body and blood of Jesus yes. Christ. So we're not we're not drinking wine and eating little crackers anymore. We are eating the flesh of a demigod and drinking his blood. Yes, which, which is the best part about Catholicism. <laughs> and, and if you don't believe, it looks hilarious yeah, from the outside. Yeah. It's the most metal thing I've ever done. I had to eat eaten the feast upon the body of a demigod. That's the um, the thing I do like about Jesus. I, I am convinced that he partied harder than any, yeah. like imagine he had not said that and you were at a party and someone came into the room and was like, yo, y'all, you got to drink this wine because it's my fucking blood, blood bitches. Yeah, right? <laughs> that dude parties. That, that dude, dude parties yeah. hard. Dude goes hard. But um, yeah, I don't remember what the fuck I was talking about now. Um, uh, getting out to LA. Did you oh, get in your oh, car? Yeah, yeah. I, I got in my car and we drove. My friend and I. He drove in his car. And uh, did you cannonball run it or take a take a slow trip around? It the was a, su- it the was south? about five days. Okay, that's a good pace. That's like, what, like, like six eight hours a day. Yeah. Well, taking the, it easy. so we kind of front loaded it. The first two days were like twelve hours. Yeah. And then when you get out to that, like Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, Arizona yeah. area, slow the fuck down yeah. and enjoy yeah. it. That place is wild. It's a little the, nicer the out there. And, um, you don't need to spend much time in Mississippi. No, no, uh, no Arcan- disrespect to Mississippi. Uh, Arkansas but, sucks. Uh, don't uh-huh. ever go there. Um, parts of Tennessee are okay, but I lived there for a little while too. Um, but yeah, uh, once we got to like, Amarillo, Texas, we kind of were like, all right, I'm going to do six days. Mm-hmm. Plus, he, my friend, he wanted to stop uh, in Albuquerque because he was super, uh, yeah. super big fan of Breaking Bad. So he wanted uh, to I like. you're going to say Weird Al Yankovic. No, yeah. <laughs> That's no, why I stopped in Albuquerque no. for a day. So like we spent, he, he, so we spent the day he, we going around to the different filming locations that he could find, but like none of them were worth seeing because they're just actual. Like, yeah, because it's Albuquerque. It's a dude's like, house. It's actually and, just Albuquerque in you know, Albuquerque. This is just a shitty restaurant. You know, yep, so yep, yep. Uh, we did eat at Los Pollos Hermanos, which doesn't serve chicken. It's like a burrito place. It only serves brothers. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it is. It was good. So if, if you can find it in Albuquerque, I guess go check it out if you like burritos. Here's the thing. Until you've been to Albuquerque, you have no idea how much Albuquerque loves hot air balloons. Like you just <laughs> can't even imagine it. So you get to Albuquerque, you had a little bit further west, you get here. Yep. Do you start wrestling straight away or uh not I, I didn't I didn't start wrestling straight away because I didn't really know the scene yet. And I, honestly, I was trying to see if I could like get myself to a point where I could, you know, stay here. You know, yeah. You start yeah. running out That's of money. That's a big question. And, yeah. Yep. You do start running out of money yep. the minute you get here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's expensive in LA. Uh, but eventually you find gigs, you know, jobs and shit to do and, and how long did it take you to find a to find a bit of stability financially when you got uh, here? I wanna say it took a few months for okay. sure. Um, and what were you doing to, to pay the bills? Uh, the first job I got was at a bagel shop in mm-hmm. Brentwood. Okay. Um they, they they were open for breakfast and they closed the two and they served so, yeah, stuff with bagels. That. Yep, that was yep, their yep. gimmick. Um, <laughs> 
And then uh, I got Did you get free bagels out of the deal? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's half cool. the battle when, yeah, you, when right. you're broke is, is taking yeah. home free food from uh, the job. Yeah, I like the weed better now than I do bagels, but a little... Hey, man, little, that's little, luxury. That's Check your privilege yeah, at the door, buddy. <laughs> a little less carbs, though. though. Yeah. The other one can lead to more carbs, depending on your day. It'll fill you up. Quick, uh, <laughs> but then I, got a, and then I got a job at an Asian TV station. Mm-hmm. And any connection to the China thing or was that just uh, th- who was hiring? It was who was hiring and I had I had TV production experience and okay. I put that I lived in China for a while and they're like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Maybe and what year is this that you got out here? Uh, let's see, 2011, okay. 2012, okay. something like that. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, it's been here about seven years. The way I the way I remember it is a friend of mine had a kid like right before I left, like mm-hmm. like a month before I left. So I figure out how long I've been here based on that kid's age. And I think that kid is like eight. Seven, Are you eight. anyone's godfather? I don't think officially. Okay. I think maybe I'm supposed to be. I do remember her saying something about it. Uh, is this know. the same kid? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know many people with kids. I purpose. got no further questions about your godfatherhood. Yeah, I don't know much about. I think <laughs> I'm, I think I'm supposed to be, but I'm not doing a great job. I think I've been replaced, so it's probably for the best. So when do you get? Uh, you, you take the job at the the Asian mm-hmm. TV mm-hmm. studio. Like when when do you start? When does wrestling pro wrestling kick in? Is that the next wrestling step, or do you are you doing other uh, stuff it, before that? Yeah. Uh, so I ended up before that. I started training with an outfit called Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, mm-hmm. and uh, I think a guy by the name of Scorpio Sky was running the class then. And for a while, it was just me, like mm-hmm. me and and there were there were more trainers than there were students. It was me, and there was like two. There was like Scorpio Sky, and he had this guy. Uh, working with him named Tyler uh, Davidson, I believe is his last name. And um, so they kind of taught me to, to wrestle as, as much as they could and as much as I took to it. I mean, uh, relearning. I basically went back to wrestling school. Uh, and then I started working on the show that they have a little bit as like a hillbilly gym kind of character. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of... Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying like they should have put me in a bigger role or anything because I was pretty green and, you know, but, but are you good in the ring? Like, can you get physical? I mean, I'm okay. You know, uh, uh, but you know, I was like the, the sixth least important person on a, in a six man tag match. And, uh, I kind of didn't enjoy going all the way out to, uh, uh, where is it? Port Wyneme, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then having to go to work all night that night. Yeah. 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 But, you know, but, but I'm not saying, but none of that's their fault. That's just where I was at the time. And, yeah. uh, so I kind of was like, you know what, I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. I'm going to go and, uh, try to, uh, learn to be a better wrestler instead. Yeah. Well, that's where I feel like my time will be better spent. So I quit that show uh, which I, was a huge loss for them, I'm sure. And I'm sure. I'm sure they're still sweating it to this day. Uh, <laughs> the good news for them is the sixth slot is the easiest. To right. right. I'm sure they had no issues uh, at all. <laughs> and and and, and uh, yeah. Um, First chair violinist. That takes a little bit more right. a, a bit uh, more legwork to jabroni number six. So they've got twelve yeah. other jabronis. Chomping at the bit to be on that show, and 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 rightfully so. Um, 
But I decided to uh, uh, train with... Uh, was there a comedy element to this group, or was it more straight-laced? I was trying to okay, make it maybe more that's comedy you were, element. If they were going straight-laced... Yeah, I feel like they, they weren't... They didn't think it was this funny. Uh, but they they should. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's a... Well, there's like a thing in wrestling that... that Just so you know, that is how I frame everyone who didn't agree with me through all of time. It's like... <laughs> they really blew it on that one. Okay miss the boat those guys um but like in wrestling they've always they've, there's a there's a saying in wrestling that funny doesn't make money mm-hmm. and uh i think that's bullshit i think com- comedy movies make money mm-hmm. uh stand-up comedians make money um comedy in a lot of things makes money and i think wrestling uh for a art form that's fucking hilarious just in the concept of it. Well, yeah, it's fundamentally <laughs> absurd. There's right. nothing, nothing grounded about no, the entire it, experience. It's, it's guys in brightly colored underpants, pretend fighting. It's pretend yeah. underpants fighting and it's pretend underpants fighting designed to make you think it's real, but everything about it clearly is not real. <laughs> like it, it, the most fake move in wrestling is the Irish whip. And that's when they like, you know, and one dude grabs another dude by the arm and kind of like slings him off and the guy hits the ropes and bounces uh-huh. back. That doesn't, you wouldn't that, do that in a the fight. The physics of that never made sense it's to me. They, but. they don't. <laughs> it's because it's, it's completely stupid. But that's what we're doing. Yeah. When, when you're in a wrestling match, that's going to happen. Well, that's why wrestling works is because um, it's the conceit. You know, every everything, magic, movies, whatever, there's a conceit. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're choosing to buy into this world. And... Um, well, wrestlers that, are committed to that conceit that that's how it works it, it doesn't work when they're clearly not committed to that conceit but and comedy and wrestling can be worked in just as easily as any other part of wrestling because nowadays everyone knows it's not real you yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. i say that though but oddly enough some people like i get i have this conversation a lot where where um they'll be like, Oh, this stuff's all fake. Right. I'm like, I mean, sort of. And then they go and they like touch the ring for a second and they're like, Jesus fucking Christ, this thing's hard. Are you sure this is fake? What the hell? Well, that's the thing is just because the outcome is predetermined doesn't mean that the, the wrestlers are not athletic and yeah. beating the shit out of themselves yeah. for the audience's entertainment. Right. Like, that's the, that's the dumbest part of the whole thing. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, but so yeah, they a lot of people in wrestling say that funny doesn't make money, but Here's I, I think people that. just aren't willing to take the chance. Can I can I jump in and sure. with a little bit of logic on that 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 might back it up? And that is that that the conceit is so fundamentally absurd that if you're trying to stack jokes on top of it, you're kind of like in in this crazy town yeah. where where nothing makes sense at all. Like you're already at a fundamentally yeah. absurdist conceit. Yeah. So if the, if the baseline is funny and you play it straight, that's that. Yeah. There are people who could argue that that's hilarious. And if you, it's baseline right. is absurd and you play it absurd, then we don't know where to put our feet. That's I true. don't think wrestling pro wrestling has that problem. No. Well, that, and, and the reason wrestling do, pro wrestling doesn't have that problem, I, in my opinion, is because um, we are playing it straight. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Pop-Tart Boy is legit Pop-Tart Boy. Yeah. He's a Pop-Tart who's here to fight. Exactly. Cereal Man is made of, whatever, is made of cereal, is uh, cereal the embodiment of cereal. He's a... He's a the cereal uh, demigod that we should all eat of. Worship. Uh, he is the last survivor of a planet of uh, cereal-based life forms um, <clears throat> that were clearly more advanced than we are. 
and uh, <laughs> his planet was destroyed by the uh, the evil um, Diabeastie boys uh, who ate it. Are these are they are there three of them and are they yes. Jewish rappers? Yes, they're okay, also, cool, they're cool, also cool. morbidly obese. <laughs> Is there any footage of the Diabeastie no, boys? No, you know that's the one character that I, that we haven't created yet. Wait, so that's Diabeastie boys only exists in in the mythology. There's yeah, no physical yeah, manifestation. There's no physical. I am calling Diabeastie Ben boys. as soon as we're done recording this. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one slot has been filled for Diabeastie boy. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, yeah, that, that's uh, that, that's that's always been his origin. Was, How um, did you hook up with wrestling, pro wrestling? How did so uh, is that right after you quit this other group? Or? Sort of. Um, I started. I went to train with Brian Kendrick, mm-hmm. um, uh, WW, WWE uh, super famous superstar Brian Kendrick. That name I've heard before. Uh, yeah, um, and uh, he at the time was running a little wrestling camp and so i went and trained with him and he used to do a show so wrestling pro wrestling is originally his idea mm-hmm. he started it as like a, a student show for his students mm-hmm. because like you know you can go to to wrestling class all you want but until you're actually performing in front of people yes you know there's practical on the job experience that you have to get yes rehearsal is great but it doesn't yeah, teach you exactly. about adrenaline rush from uh, you know 100 people staring yeah. at you or the lack of adrenaline rush from 10 people sitting silently looking at while, their, phones. Looking at their yeah. phones. Like that's another thing too about wrestling. I was like, like all performance, you start at the bottom, but uh, it was his student show that he used to do. And, and, and for some people in wrestling, you know, they say the best wrestling characters are just yourself turned up to 11, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the old saying, I think that stone cold says or some shit. Yeah. But the thing that they don't tell you is most people don't know who they are. You know, like, so, or the person that they are is just boring as fuck. Yeah, it's not a, not a great <laughs> wrestling not particularly interesting. Yeah. So what he would do is he would kind of give them, like, gimmicks, you know? Yeah. And instead of trying to figure out how to wrestle as yourself, which is hard because you don't know who you are, you go out there and wrestle as uh, a bear, yeah. You're a wrestling bear now. And are so these like do, high turnover gimmicks that every two weeks, like you're, yeah, you're going to you be know, changing whenever he snaps his fingers, yeah, the, the Thanos. It's of, practice. Yeah. You know, and in fact, that's where we kind of came up with one of the gimmicks on the show, Jeff, the frying pan man. Mm-hmm. Whenever Jeff has a magical frying pan, when he hits you on the head, he, you forget your gimmick. It's yep. the, it's the Flintstones joke. You know, the, you know, where Fred would get hit in the head and you'd think he's a race car driver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brain damage. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he, so basically it was a way for his students to practice being wrestlers, you know, and they makes it a little easier if you have a role to play Yeah. versus, oh, I'm just going to go out there and be Derek the interesting boy. Well, yeah, Derek's yeah. not that interesting boy, so uh, <laughs> you have to be something else. and that And I think that helps train people, you know, who, who aren't as self-assured as to, to be something in the ring. Yeah. You know, having a gimmick helps sometimes. It kind of makes it a little easier. It makes it a little less scary. You know, you can, Oh, I just got to pretend to be a pirate. Fuck. That's easy. I'm going to be a pirate for, for five minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All I and we all know what's fun about a pirate. Like, you yeah. know what? You can lean on the, the exact R's. You, yeah, the, exactly. It's, it's simple. The, the audience gets it. Yeah. You know, it, that's all it takes. Um, so it started as that. It, it, would, it gives you, it gives you a, a peg leg up on the competition. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> now you have a leg to Hold stand on. on. I got I to gotta pat myself on the back. There you go. Oh, Don't shit, hurt yourself there, bud. Anyway, please continue <laughs> your, your better story than what I just said. <laughs> uh, well, fast forward a little bit down the line, and um, I got a... Uh, me and uh, my friend Ben Trandum got a... Uh, I don't know, an email from somebody at uh, this YouTube channel called uh, Machinima. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to start like, uh, so Verizon is trying to start their own version of YouTube on their phones. How's uh, that pan out? Yeah, I'm, have you heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. You know, and that's the answer. Uh, it didn't go anywhere because it's, huh. it's a terrible idea. It's almost like not every company should be a film production and distribution know, platform right? of their own. It, that's, hmm. that's how I lost my job at Yahoo. <laughs> oh. um, but uh, so that was their original idea and they were, they were hitting up people for content and uh, so Machinima hit us up for content Um we pitched them some ideas that they didn't really like, but, uh, you know, they wanted us to include information about ourselves. And, um, I put that I was a professional wrestler and they're like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, we find that a lot of people that like video games, like wrestling. And I was like, Oh no shit, go figure. Mm-hmm. And, um, they were like, you know, if there's a, there's a wrestling show that you, that you know of that we could go see, um, you know, we, we might be interested in doing something with that. Is this one of those like Hollywood, like, Guys, we got two weeks to make up a bullshit show to impress these investors. I think we had like a month, but yeah. Okay, so it is yeah, totally just it's, like, it's, it's exactly that. We got to pull this shit out of our ass yep. right away. Well, yeah, and I, and, uh, and, and I knew of a couple shows that I thought would be good, but one of them was up in Oakland, which mm-hmm. is Hood Slam, and one of them was in Vegas, which was Freak Show Wrestling at the time. And I did pitch them those two, but they were, you know how, you know how producers are, oh, I got to travel more than two miles yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you know maybe if there's one in town yeah. we'll check it out that's See they what also, you can do in the valley yeah right exactly they also sound like they smoke 12 packs a day um <laughs> so i was like well i do know of one other show mm-hmm. uh it's called wrestling pro wrestling it's a wrestling comedy show and they're like wow that sounds really interesting when's the next one uh, <laughs> Let me check uh, with the organizer. I'll email you tomorrow. Yeah, it's the end of the month, uh, something like that. And so they're like, "Wow, that sounds cool." Yeah, yeah. Let us know uh, that the date and time and everything, and we'll we'll come check it out. So as soon as I was done talking to them, I called Brian. I was like, "Hey, man, do you want to do uh, a wrestling pro wrestling show?" That's that the thing. thing. In this town, you get fucking hungry, and when yeah. somebody says, "Would you pitch?" Yep. You jump you on that pitch. shit yeah. after after people kicking you to the curb so many times yep. every day. Yep. You the minute somebody it. says they're 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 hungry. Yep. And so. Uh, Brian was like, fuck yeah. And we spent way too much money on it. Uh, just out of pocket. Mm-hmm. We didn't even, we didn't charge tickets or nothing. We just, we just need people to show the fuck up. How many people did you get? Like a hundred? Uh, it, it was a hundred and something. I think, um, it, we did it in this, uh, fucking, uh, art collective rave warehouse in Chinatown. I don't even know if it's still there now. Cause of, uh, you know, the, the ghost ship fire mm-hmm. and they closed all those places. That place, the place we ran out looked like a fucking fire hazard too. Uh, but it was a little like rave warehouse. So we packed it with a bunch of people and mm-hmm. did a weird ass, you know, version of this wrestling show that we was serial man born already. Serial or? man had been born already. He'd been around for a few years at that point. Okay. Uh, mostly doing, you know, how like many other slam. characters did you have at that? Uh, rubber baby and leather daddy made their debut on Which that show. Which one are you? Or do you switch it up uh, every now and then? 
I, right now it's two different guys. Okay. Uh, this one guy uh, named Jimmy Stanley is is Leather Daddy, and um, this other guy named plays uh, Rubber Baby. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's going to be happy that I said that, but fuck him. Uh, <laughs> I can I can bleep that shit. Yeah. I, I always like Jimmy. Jimmy will Jimmy will take the credit though, and, and they both deserve it. Uh, Leaping is fun because it makes everything sound like mysterious yeah. and more interesting than it should be. So just bang off some names. Actually, you know. Actually, could you list everyone that you hate right now? And I'll bleep all I, of them. I could. Uh, starting with. <laughs> no, uh, though, if you do want a funny be- bit of trivia, uh, that doesn't matter unless you're a really big wrestling pro wrestling fan. The original Leather Daddy. Yes. Was played by. Uh, Indie, indie George Clooney. No, he was played by indie star uh, Brody King. Really? Yeah, he was the original Leather Daddy. Uh, but then he got famous, so he didn't want to do it yeah, anymore. Yeah. Which, understandably so. But he was what? great. You, you know, you should come back, Brody. I think you're really missing out, Doc. Leather Daddy isn't a gimmick that gets you to Beverly Hills. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe it gets you. Maybe to, I'm not get you to West Hollywood. Yeah, at least. but. Um, <laughs> Like so, so they were they debuted, um, and any time that I've I've been, I've actually played both characters mm-hmm. at, at one point or another. There's a little bit of latitude. Like if you had to, yeah. you could be Nessie for one night or yeah, something like yeah. that. Uh, I play Sasquatch usually, which I think mm-hmm. I played Sam Squatch in that show. Um, trying to think what other characters first showed up on there. Now, how ginger do you have to be when you're in those costumes, the bigger ones? Like, how how much do you have to tone down the actual wrestling? <laughs> it, it depends a lot on the costume itself because uh, they they have limitations. You know, yeah. you can't you can't do certain. Well, the things. Nessie costume is like limitation yeah. embodied. Uh, Sam Squatch has a bit of Sam Squatch is a little more mobile, especially now that I've redesigned it a couple times. Um, but I've body slammed that, that costume with a person, pardon me, with a person in it. So it's not hard. Mm-hmm. I've done a, I've done a, a, a missile drop kick off the second rope wearing that thing. Mm-hmm. So Sam's watch is pretty easy to move in. Nessie is not, uh, Charlie, Chalmie and Charlie is surprisingly easy to move around in. That's one uh, like once, once you're in the ring, you you have a little bit, but getting yeah, in the ring, getting him in, and, and Pop Tart Boy are. Yeah, I mean, half the show is just watching. Yeah, Chami and Charlie and Pop Tart Boy get, <laughs> get in, in and ring. out of the ring. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. Luckily, uh, we kind of found this guy, the guy who, who provides our ring. This guy named Xavier. He um, he's how got, much does a ring cost a night? Uh, is that on your radar? It's, it's a few hundred dollars. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly what we're paying. I mean, Xavier's cool and cuts us a deal, but. It's a couple. It's a few hundred dollars. Okay, you know, depending on on what you're doing, um, and then anything that like breaks on, obviously you're responsible yeah, for. But yeah. they're they're pretty resilient. Uh, but luckily, he has a ring that the ropes are a little like shorter. They don't they don't hang mm-hmm. as as high. So like that actually makes it hecka easier to get yeah, in in the yeah. costumes. You feel less like you're gonna die trying to get in the ring. Which getting in is, is easy because you know where to where to fall. It's getting back out that's concerning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but uh, just yeah. fall on the audience. Who gives a shit? Yeah, they don't care. It's, they're not going to see anybody. Some of them love it. But yeah, that's, that's true. what they go there some, for. Some of them knocked out of their chair. Are into it. We did. Uh, did Ben tell you we had a bachelor party at the last show? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Oh yeah, I did. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So you you knew about them then? Yes, yes, yes. They were in the the hot dog eating contest. I know, right? <laughs> what a waste of a bachelor party! But <laughs> I'll take their money. I'll take anyone's money that wants to have their bachelor party at Wrestling Pro Wrestling. I'm just gonna say that right now. 
Uh, and anyone else so you get that there's the first show the 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 bullshit show that you guys uh, bootstrap out of of nowhere and then um they wanted to shoot one they wanted to shoot a pilot essentially and basically they're going to do a whole like i think it was going to be like three hour show and then they would split it into segments and put it on Mm -hmm. their youtube channel uh so they footed the bill for a pilot in i think it was in van nuys some uh, studio yeah, space yeah. in Van Nuys. And um, uh, I think it was the most expensive like in-house pilot that they ever did. Uh, so I'll take that, I guess. That must be so much fun for you guys who are like, we're, we, we're doing a pilot that might go to series while the producers are being like, we're going to shut down this whole department oh, sooner yeah. than later. Like, yeah. Just the, the starry-eyed. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't know that optimism. shit originally. But yeah, I, I remember when we shot the pilot, we found out the one chick that had been our liaison the whole time she's like oh yeah i'm leaving the country so I, or the company so i can go like help poor kids in sri lanka and mm-hmm. the other dude that was super gung-ho about it this department head who I, i'm convinced was on coke the whole time anyway i mean it is hollywood he quit by spray painting i quit on his office wall uh so after that happened and you uh, know like like when somebody leaves with that with that much flair, yeah. whoever gets hired to replace him is just so excited to pick up whatever projects he oh, had yeah. and really push them really through. Push it's there, yeah. Nothing nothing gives the next development guy momentum like like yep. replacing somebody like that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so like but they were going forward with it. They they shot the pilot and then they brought us back in to do like little interstitial bits and um then uh, it was about to be released. And, and uh, they were going to release it the week of Thanksgiving. And I remember being like, y'all sure? Because it was going to be on Thursday. I was like, you know, Thursday's Thanksgiving. Are you sure, sure y'all want to release it that day? And they were like, eh, you know what? You make a good point. Why don't we wait till next week? And then they got uh, bought by Warner Brothers, and it's never seen the light of day. So, ah, do you have a copy of it no, anywhere? Okay. I've seen it. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, we, we've never been able to get the footage back. So, But through all that, you retained the rights to, like, there was yeah. there ever a, a legal thing like, oh, no, son, we own uh, wrestling, pro wrestling. You signed no. that over. You should have read the fine print. The only thing that we had to sign was basically – uh, they they gave us an agreement that basically read. Uh, I mean, we we the original one they gave us we we didn't take. We we asked them to rewrite it, but basically, <clears throat> it said that anything we brought in we own, anything they bring in they own. Mm-hmm. So all the characters and stuff and all that stuff. Were they with pitching us. characters to you? Uh, not really. Okay. Um, we just wanted it, wanted it to be absolutely certain that they didn't own anything. Yeah. Of ours. Yeah. 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 And, um, and the only real, real thing was like, we had to wait a period of time before trying to work with anyone else. Yeah. You know, which that, so you couldn't wrestle at all. No, we could oh, wrestle. Okay, it wasn't, not it wasn't WPW. so much that. Yeah. We couldn't pitch like WPW to somebody else okay, and try to get okay. it made there in a certain time frame, which yeah. has long since passed. So anyone out there listening that just has a bunch of money to spend, uh, you know, <laughs> we own this. Je- Jesse will put my contact information. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll get you in touch. <laughs> uh, but, um, so yeah, so, so that went nowhere uh, essentially in the end. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting experience and I feel like we learned a lot, but, uh, ultimately it went nowhere and uh so a few years ago we were just like hey man why don't we uh just do the show again but i mean like it's 
it's hard to think of WPW as partnered with a, you know, like with a Viacom or something. Because yeah. you're so, you're you're very limber and agile as uh, an entertainment team. Yeah. You can kind of like flip it up to whatever bonkers idea you want next week. Yeah. And I, like, I just can't imagine execs noting the show well. Like giving you a, a three-page list of adjustments yeah. to make and it fitting in really well with your aesthetic. And I can't see WPW. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I don't see it as an organization that like, like would want to go through three months of meetings, whether or not you should have a oh, pop tart yeah. boy. And then you finally get approved, but he can't be pop tart. He has to be yeah. breakfast pastry boy or something like yeah. whatever the bonkers note is. Yeah, I agree. There's I, kind of like a seat of the pants aesthetic to the whole thing <laughs> that, that makes it more fun for the audience. Like that they're in a constant state of not knowing what the fuck is coming out next. Cause yep. I don't know how much how much you guys know what the fuck is coming out next a week or a month in advance. Yeah, we usually uh, and that's not a slight at yeah. all. That's like I said with complete respect and, yeah. and admiration for the operation. I love the shows. A lot, a lot of the especially the creatures are a result of. Uh, hey, wouldn't it be funny if it was like Frankenstein's monster, but it was a peanut, so it's like Mister Peanut, mm-hmm. but he's also like a Frankenstein monster. That's kind of how the writing team works. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're working on another one now that's just equally as dumb an idea. Do so. not spoil it oh, on I this show. Not. We'll have you back on to talk about it after it happens. But I, I love, I love not knowing what's gonna like going into yeah. a show completely ignorant to what's going on that yeah. night. Well, I think our show has a certain unpredictable charm to it. So <laughs> yes. I like, like our contest. People keep volunteering for those things and we keep fucking with them. Every I, time. I love that. The, uh, the, obviously the hot dog eating contest, there was, <laughs> it was not a hot dog for the, for the narrative, but the people who were volunteering for it went all in on the hot yeah, dog. Eating they were contest. just eating cold hot dogs. That we got from fucking Ralph's man. Uh, my favorite Best bachelor party. My ever. favorite part was um, the guy who plays Uncle Gary Tickles. Mm-hmm. He's competing in the contest too, but he's just not eating the hot well, dog. That's the thing is the whole the whole gag is that yep. he the the person who's the the only thing that matters in the <laughs> contest takes one bite, if that. Only <laughs> yeah, three minutes. Great. They're just really good bits. Yeah, and there's like there's no. There's no floor on the lowbrow of the aesthetic, and I love I love going into shows like that so much. Yeah, that's true. We, there's not a there's not a, a, a there's not a value there's not a thing we will not steep to. So uh. when does what, what when does this start gaining momentum? Like at this point, it's not you know the the house is full and the house is hot with wrestling pro wrestling. Yeah, that's not show one. Like, how no. long does it take for you guys to find your find your community, as they say in this town? Um, I think it took us. It probably took us a couple years, like two years, probably because like you know we we don't have a budget really. Yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah. literally just. It's just three. It's me, Ben, and, and Brian. Yeah, and we are spending whatever money we can afford to spend, and usually money we can't afford to spend. To be fair, to to do this show. So originally we were doing it out of um, uh, the Santino Brothers School down in Bell Gardens. So it's mm-hmm. just like a it's a, it's a good wrestling school, but like as as far as a performance venue, it's literally it's a fucking. Um, storage uh unit mm-hmm. you know like just a big storage unit and um and it's in bell gardens you know so like you know i don't mean to shit bell gardens but 
certain people aren't going to go down there. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, yeah. And um, so we did it there for a little while, and then they got they got kind of tired of us being there because you know it costs some money to have the electricity on and do yeah. stuff, and and it's a hassle. Well, uh, your show is a, if if somebody doesn't want to host it, it's a massive hassle yeah, to host yeah. all of that. And, and and I'm not blaming them no. at all for that. It's it was a hassle for them too. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're with well within their rights not to want it there, and that's totally fine. Um, so then we did it at this, um, the fuck was it? It was like a VFW hall kind Mm -hmm. of thing in, uh, Southgate, but honestly, you know, Southgate again, not too far from Bell Gardens, uh, not the nicest part of LA, certainly not the worst part of LA, but not the nicest either. And so my goal became, uh, let's get this show above the 10 freeway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. 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 You know, uh, we would love for this thing to be on TV somehow. And I was like, look, we'll never, it'll never get seen by the type of people we want to see it. If we're below the 10 freeway, Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood people don't do that. They, yeah. People are only willing to travel so far. And Dude, if, you're not getting me, you're not getting me down South yeah, on a Friday night. Hell no. Like why? Just the traffic alone. Yeah. It's not, it's not feasible. It's, I don't have two hours exactly. to drive out there and then seven minutes to drive home. Exactly. It's not worth at, it at 11 o'clock at night. <clears throat> so, um, I was like, let's try to get this shit up in like North Hollywood, yeah. something like that. Burbank, Glenda, I'll take whatever. So we got, uh, hooked up with this venue, um, called the California Institute of Abnormal Arts. That sounds like a, like, yeah, like a match. Yeah. That's a Tinder match. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, the place was great except for the fact that it was just too small. Mm-hmm. Um, we, <laughs> Brian and I went up there one day to look at it. Cause the guy was down. He was like, yeah, we could probably do that. I just, I don't know if it'll fit in here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like technically the building has the space, but the layout, it does not have the space. And well, also like 90% of shows in LA can be done in a black box theater exactly. with a chair and a table. Exactly. You guys have a little bit more Can't do that. Yeah. And your green room has to be a little bit bigger. Exactly. There's just more mechanical stuff yeah. going on. So like Brian and I went up there and we did the old foot measurement thing yep, to yep, make yep. sure the ring would fit. And, and, uh, I, so I, you know, and they're, and they're like, it's in the middle of, it's like Friday night or something. The dude's got the place open for uh, some, some shitty ass band or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's people in there trying to like dance and watch the band, like five people probably. Well, I don't want to, I don't know this band, Man, right? Jade <laughs> Cass, really shots this, taken this, on this, this band. band. Fuck those guys. What's the name of that band so I can bleep it out later? Uh, I don't know what it is, but let's say it's called. I'm going to beep that Damn whole sentence. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, a, there's somebody who will take that really personally if you don't, um, <laughs> which is also funny to me. Uh, and it wasn't them anyway. But um, so there's people dancing and shit, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm walking there and just foot length after foot length. I'm like, I think my foot's about 12 inches, you know? And uh, Brian looks at me and I'm like, it'll fit barely, but it'll yeah. fit. So we, we fucking shoved a ring in there for like five, six months, I feel like, and would get about 20 people that like, at first we've got a few people then we get more. And like, we, we actually were getting to the point where the, the, the building was full mm-hmm. for what it could hold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Which wasn't a lot, but like, it was pretty full. Like, a lot of people were starting to come and, uh, we were like, this is cool, but because of the way the guy that ran the place was, you know, it, we were never going to make any money there. Yeah. 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 And, um, 
So I have this theory that uh, WPW will never make money, and that's never make a dime. But no, because <laughs> because you are always growing as much as your audience grows. Like th- there's always some new idea. Like we're going to be yeah. doing four cameras or five cameras yeah. and live switching and live streaming it as we go. Or yeah. we need these new characters. Or we're going to have this story. Like you guys are always cooking something. Yeah. So the money's going to be spent. Yeah, that's just baked into the equation. We're not good at uh, getting complacent, I guess, or, or trying to stay with our in our means. I think we 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 the thing we always try to do is make the show bigger and better. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean is, uh, is, yeah. And that's if you, as long as you're successful at that, you're going to be growing with the audience. Yeah, so exactly. what do you, what do you do then? But, uh, we, we ended up, uh, getting in somebody was shooting like a music video, um, for something at the Burbank, uh, Moose Lodge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they paid for the building that day. So then we ran a show there cause we provided the ring, I guess. And, um, ended up, you were providing the ring for a music video? Yeah. Some, this, okay. this friend of Ben's was shooting some sort of music video, and we cut some sort of deal with him where if he rents the building, we'll rent the ring, and we'll run the wrestling show at night, and you'll have the ring. And, you know, so anyway, uh, yeah, that's how we ended up getting into the, the Burbank Moose Lodge, and we've been there ever since. Um, I think it's the perfect place for the show to grow for a little while. Uh, it's the kind of place I've been wanting to get in for a while. It's um, a good venue. I really like shooting there. Yeah. I like hanging out there. There's a bar that does dollar tacos. Yeah. And yeah. they're goddamn delicious. Yeah. No, it's great. They like deep fry them in melted butter or something. Oh, I don't know man. what they're doing. Yeah. It's insane. But they, they really should be put in jail for how good those things are. Yeah. Like it's too good to exist. That's, you know, no offense, no offense to the WPW team, but that's like what really gets yeah, me that's the the real, Yeah, that's the real, that's the real draw. Yeah. Uh, why do you think we do it there? Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that place has been cool uh, since, you know, it's it's got all the space we need for the mm-hmm. most part and it's a good place for the show to grow. Plus, you know, it's down the street from... You know, Cartoon Network and a couple oh, other yeah. places. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So those cats are coming out. Like on a Friday night, it's entirely yeah. feasible that they'd be like, ah, fuck it, let's go well, check let's it go out. Check let's go check out this, the dumb, dumb shit wrestling show yeah, that's yeah, down yeah. there. And we have fans now. We have like repeat fans and shit. It's kind of, you know, we had a fucking bachelor party at the last one. Yeah. For Christ's sake. So. And you got parking out there. Yeah, the parking's There's- super easy. <laughs> like, Not many shows can say that in Los Angeles. That <laughs> Parking is not a problem. Parking is hella sweet, guys. If you like being able to park without too much trouble, mm-hmm. Wrestling Pro Wrestling is the show for you. Yeah. <laughs> let's 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 call it there and take a five minute break and get back on where you're the host and I am a leaf blowing in the wind. Sweet. Drops. <laughs> 